Welcome players, betters, loyal fans, and everyone in between. You are now listening to Cash Considerations, where we take our sports betting knowledge from both sides of the window to help you cash tickets. My name is David Griffin, a.k.a. your boy D. Griff, and joining me is my main man, Dave Sherapan. How are you, sir? I'm great, brother. I'm great. Happy to be here. And as always, the one, the only, Alan Iceberg. Sir, how are you? Good, man. Good. I'm excited, man. We got a great show for the people in store. Um, and we got a great weekend of football coming up. Yesterday, we had a great game. Thursday night football got me excited for the weekend. My boys, the 49ers, showed up a little bit. Who would have thought? Who would have thought when we, we talked about that game in the Look Ahead show that we would have a game where 80 points were scored? How bad was that beat, though, guys, if you laid two and a half with the Rams? Oh, man, that's as, that's as bad as it comes. Like, it was cool because it's, it's awesome. It's, dirty. it's cool because it's good to see a good game. And when the guy fumbles like that, it just pops up in the air. And the whole sports book's going crazy. When the Rams had the ball at the end of the game and it looked like Todd Gurley could break it and take it all the way for the Rams to score, everyone jumped up and said, like, Go! Go! Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was great because I loved that. It was like it went from a bad beat to almost horrendous beat to an almost double bad horrendous beat when the guy picked it up and then ran it in the end zone. Everybody's going, What just happened? <laughs> oh, so good. Great game, oh, though. Good. It was nice to see a Thursday game that had a little tempo and some scoring and. You know, even though the defenses were getting ripped on, I mean, there were still some good defensive plays in that game, too. That's a great way to start the week off and uh, get ready for the for the weekend. Before we dabble into that, I got to I got to give a big shout out to my boy. My boy Iceberg was on the RJ this week. Uh, it was cool, man. You know, uh, I was um, I had son and autographs afterwards and, uh, you know, <laughs> really, uh, really getting uh, some some side uh, side action, you know. D. Griff, I'm happy he's still coming to do the podcast with us after the appearance, honestly. Yeah, man, you didn't big time us. That's awesome. Uh, I got like one more minute, guys, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. This is the best, man. This is the best talking to you guys. Uh, I I like really being around knowledgeable uh, people, and, and, uh, you know, you guys are just as smart as I am with this stuff, so it's great. This this podcast is where it's at, people. But uh, So, yeah, why don't we just go ahead and jump into these picks then? We'll start with college football. What you got for us, Big Dave? I am looking at my alma mater, Penn State. They are laying a big number at Iowa. And I've been in the book all week. Not one person has made a play on game number 318, which is Iowa, with me the entire week. This is a hard road trip. This is a hard game. Penn State looks like world beaters. They're number four in the country going into this game. They score a lot of points. Their offense flies all around the field. I don't think there's a reason why people have can see to take Iowa. I'm going to say, for me, one of my college plays, I'm going to give out Iowa. Plus 13 and a half. If you can get 14, I think the number's going to get there in places. But then what I like to call the suitcases are going to come in and take Iowa plus 14. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce back. I got a question for you guys. Tell me what you guys think. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Nebraska just fired their uh, their AD. And there's rumors that their head coach is going to follow suit pretty soon behind. Nebraska's at home minus 12 this week against Rutgers. And I'm looking at this game and I'm going, hmm, how is this team going to uh, react to the controversy that's kind of going around the program? 
And now the line opened up at 11, and it's actually moved to 12, almost even 12 and a half at some places. I actually like Rutgers. I think Rutgers is a team that's starting to get athletes, and um, they're starting to be competitive. And with all the speculation that's swirling around Nebraska, I'm wondering if you guys think that this is going to be a distraction for them, or do you think they're going to try to rally around their head coach? Uh, not my specialty. All right, I'll jump in. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, I don't think the, it will have a, as big of an effect on the kids as you think it will. I think having to talk about it would, but a lot of those, they don't even let the kids talk to the press until after right. the game. So, yeah, it might be a distraction in-house, but I don't think it's going to affect the play on the field. I think the whole controversy is ridiculous. Nebraska uh, and their fans, I mean, pardon me if you're listening in, in Nebraska, but you're living in the 80s and 90s of the Tom Osborne days. The game has changed a little bit. Exactly, and it's, yeah. it's hard to get kids and athletes there. And everyone's big and strong now. So all the, the big offensive linemen that you used to get in Nebraska, is you can get them everywhere. That being said, I'd say in the Big Ten, getting more than more than ten points on the road is not a bad way to start to look at that game. I, I mean, Nebraska hasn't done anything yet this season to look like they're going to go blow out a team by twenty-one points, even Rutgers. So, Griff, I, I'm siding with you. You know, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I would take the points in that one before I would lay them. So, why don't we go ahead and talk about that Purdue matchup then you uh, that you gave out on the show? Basically, I mean, it's just the Michigan, you know, laid big points, you know, twice. Then their offense just isn't up to par. Purdue's playing really good football, both sides. You know, new head coach, they got a lot to play for. I think they uh, will give them a game. Yeah, I agree. I think Purdue's looking forward to this game. They've got a couple good wins and played tough early. And I think they're looking at this game like, okay, we want to show up really tough for this game and show the world that we're legit. And uh, they got it. People got to start taking us seriously. So I agree with you. I think Purdue at home, plus ten, even eleven out there. You got to take it. Man, that makes a trifecta. I'm with you guys. Purdue. This is their maybe their biggest game at home right. in the last five years minimum. They've been down. So this is a pretty good um, early start for them. I mean, two, two, two and one. They were competitive against Louisville and lost, but the other two games were impressive wins, and uh, they can move the ball. So I expect I would lean a little towards the over, too. I mean, a Big Ten game, you see 51-and-a-half. That's pretty high for a Big Ten game. But I think this one's going to go up and down the field a little bit. All right, and then a lot of the other picks that I had, I know for college we talked about in our Tuesday show, but one just to bring back up just because I know on uh, – Allen's video with the RJ, he had Kelly in Vegas in there, and she tried to get slick and take Hawaii. I feel like she listened to our show, to be honest. But she tried to get slick and take Hawaii, and, I, and it, it just really just made me feel even better about Wyoming. I'm like, I'm like so confident that Wyoming is going to show up. That guy who's the quarterback who's supposed to be big is going to play big. And um, the line's actually starting to go down. It opened up at six and a half. It was at six. Now there's even five and a halfs out there, so... People are listening to, to Kelly in Vegas or there's others out there that really think they like Hawaii, but it's just, honestly, it's just making me really feel like Wyoming's going to come out and do the job that they're supposed to do. Not to mention that we all know that, uh, you know, a lot of times these guys are out there buying points so they can get the number they want. And, you know, there's just, there's just as many public winners as there is sharp winners. 
So you just never know. Line moves can be overrated depending on what happens when the game actually closes. What, the only other game I really want to touch on, I know, is that TCU pick that you also threw out there, Alan. Uh, I really, I, I love it. Surprisingly, I've seen the line go the other way, though. A lot of people like Oklahoma State, and uh, the line's gone from 11.5 up to 13.5. But I think TCU is a really good team. They've shown to be a really good team in the past. And I just think that's way too many points to be giving up to a really good team. Yeah, it's a spotlight game for them. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, Kenny Hill's the big transfer from Texas A&M. And, I mean, he's just, this is the kind of game that, you know, guys like him are up for. They want to make noise. They want to get, you know, possible NFL attention. And at the end, just, just you know, bring those victories that he was hoping to bring to the school when he transferred there. Trill Hill, yeah, he's a bad man Jemma, or he can be. I'm actually – on Oklahoma State, and it's simply Ooh. the eye test. Yeah, it's not it's it's not personal, boys. It's just business. But <laughs> <laughs> I like Oklahoma State. I really got to see them play a lot against Pitt, and they impressed the hell out of me. They have talent, outside talent, arguably the best in the Big Twelve. They're going to be in it all season, and we got a big game at home against a conference rival. I'm thinking this series, I, I, I got a good stat at work. This series has been decided in the last five years, every game by 14 points or more, whoever wins. So wow. going to kind of ride with that and pick the team I think is going to win the game. So we're going to lay the points for me with Oklahoma State. That was the other one that I had circled. Well, there you have it. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to laugh at you when you lose. No, I'm just I like it. <laughs> um, any other college picks you guys want to touch on before we uh, go to the big boys? I'm going to give you three quick ones, just sides, um, and based on line movement only and what I've seen in the book. Uh, one is Washington, Colorado. Washington has had their number the last couple of years. The line that we talked about on Tuesday night was 10.5. It's 12.5 or 13 now. I'm riding with Washington in that one, confirming my look ahead. Um, the second one is Florida, Kentucky. Florida has beaten Kentucky 30 years in a row. Ooh. Say that again, 30 years in a row. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think this might be the year. We're going to go on record and say Kentucky wins outright. Money line special. And the third game that I was looking at is the night game. Notre Dame is at Michigan State. The line earlier in the week, we looked at Notre Dame was minus four. It's dropping down three and a half now on Michigan State. I'm going to go and say Michigan State plus the points. This is uh, asking Notre Dame to go back-to-back road games and get wins. I like what Michigan State is off a of bye under their coach, D'Antonio. So we're going to go Michigan State. Take a stab at the money line, but take the three and a half points at home. I like that. I like that. I think I'm going to put that together and make me a nice little three-teamer and see what you are working with. Big Dave, I think that uh, somewhere Matt Lindemann's cursing you for the Kentucky pick. I know, man. I I actually I traded some text with him. That's another former co-worker of ours, uh, a U.K. grad, who is not even old. He's not even old enough to, to remember Kentucky beating uh, Florida. It's been that long. So he probably has got a few choice words for me. You're absolutely right. 
Yeah, and to say this about him too, uh, for everybody out there that's a Kentucky sports fan, they're like 98% all about basketball and he's all about football, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right, with that being said, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get to the big dogs. We're going to get to the pros. I'm just as good looking as Kelly is too, so get me on there next. Right, Alan's well, had a busy day. We got we got to ease into it here with Al and get to the NFL, and he can get going. All right, and we're back. Let's talk these pros, my Joes. That was bad. Anyway, I want to go ahead and get started. The first game I want to take a look at is this Tampa Bay-Minnesota game, just because the line is fresh and out. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Sam Bradford is going to be out for this game. So it's looking like Tampa Bay's minus two. What do you guys think? Okay, I got I got to get in on this one real quick because I'm like Ric Flair. I can't keep those Ferragamos down with this pick. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota is going to win that game. I love that line. I wow. don't care that Case Keenum is, is the quarterback. It's all defense in that stadium. Tampa Bay is going to cause turnovers to Jameis Winston this week. Love the Vikings. Wow. How do I follow that? I mean, I saw Case Keenum against my Steelers Sunday. Looked completely inept. So, I mean, <laughs> we, can, we, we, we can win the game 12-6, Al. That's fine. If it's, I, 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 I haven't seen the total yet. Is there a total on this game? 39 and a half. Well, I would say under would, would be uh, a lean for me. And I'll ride with you. You don't really ever come out with, like, Ric Flair and I'm this and I'm that. When you jump on that game, you must feel it really strong. So, I just, Minnesota's probably the side. I, I liked it before. I didn't I didn't even care. Like, I, I just – I liked Alvin Cook against that defense. I, there's so many things in that game that point to me that, uh, that that's just not a good number. Um, you know, I did mention last week how I said Mike Glennon was going to be horrible for the Bears against Tampa because they knew him so well. So they got that fresh sign of beating up on a team that they knew everything the other team's quarterback was going to do. Uh, and this week, you know, it's not going to be like that. I mean, they're, they're a team that can run the ball. And uh, defensively, I mean, they, they were giving, even though they did lose to Pittsburgh, they were giving Pittsburgh a lot of fits on defense. Well, let me just say, just to back my boy Allen up, I, I can't believe he went with it, and I love it, bro. So I'm going to back <laughs> you up. Crazy stat that I saw, Case Keenum is actually 2-0 and going against Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. Incredible. Playing with the Rams, obviously. But even last year when he played with the Rams, they beat Tampa Bay, and he had a, he didn't even have a great game. I believe he threw he threw like he did throw two touchdowns and one interception, but he only threw for like 150 yards. He had like a 60 passer rating or something around there. But I just think as a team, they just do a good job against Jameis. I don't know what it is, and I agree with you. I think this is one of those games where I can just see Jameis throwing bad interceptions, just getting his team in bad spots. And making it so Minnesota has short fields. Short fields and easy ways to score. So I'm rocking with you, Allen, man. I want to give nice. you a hug. Nice, I man. Yeah. Hug through the L.A. to Vegas uh, tram that they don't have yet. <laughs> um, I, will, I will say this, too. One more thing about Keenum. Uh, you know, he did get the practice reps this week as the starter, too, unlike where it's like, well, you may play, you may not play, you're not getting starter reps. Sam's going to try to play, blah, blah, blah. And it's like pretty much all week I think the Vikings knew – that Bradford wasn't going to play. So that should help him look at least a little bit better than he did last week. 
What about Pittsburgh Steelers on the road at Chicago? Now, this is cash considerations, and we used to just give you the big underdogs and try to get you as much money as you could. Now we're doing a better job of just telling you what lines are the best lines to go out with, but we still got big dog specials in here, and I'm telling you I like Chicago at home against Pittsburgh. I am going to agree with you again, Griff. I think I think uh, I am thinking this line is a little too inflated for my taste. The Steelers are good. Yes, they handled Minnesota, but they did get um, slowed down a bit at home offensively. The defense is strong. The thing that scares me is Glennon. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Al said it last week against Tampa. He was dead right. Every time, not every time he got hit, but the ball looked loose in his hand. They, they were out of sorts the entire time. The game snowballed away from them, and there was no real threat to score. I expect the Bears at home to give the effort that they gave against Atlanta and Keep this one close. Al, are we live on the money line in your opinion here? I I like the points is all I can really say. I, I'm not crazy about this game either way. Um, I, I there was I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say there's a there's a linebacker issue in Chicago, and I believe that was one of the things Tampa was exploiting in that game a lot on uh, offense. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh's the best offense they've played. The line does look a little big, especially cause the Steelers always have the tendency to play down to their competition. Um, but you know, I, I, it's, it's possible. I mean, listen, they, they, they should have beat Atlanta. So, I mean, it, you know, clearly they play better at home. And that was, as I said, a weird matchup for them against Tampa last week. Yeah. See, I, I really like the bears in this game one, because like you said, I think this line is overinflated. I think uh, Pittsburgh looked good in the first two weeks, but we can't forget they did play the Browns and they played a Vikings team without their starting quarterback, Sam Bradford. So I can't, I, I can't take too much away from either one of those wins. Also, Chicago, like you said, they should have beat Atlanta at home in week one. Last week they looked really bad against the Bucks, but it was mostly because, like you mentioned before, Allen, they just kind of seemed like they already had Glennon's playbook. And really, the Bucks didn't drive up and down the field against Chicago's defense. Most of the scores that they got were because they kept getting short fields um, because of the turnovers by Glennon in the one pick six. So really, uh, the Bears defense did a good job of uh, stuttering that Buccaneers uh, offense that's supposed to be high powered this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh struggles to score again in this game and you see more field goals and touchdowns. I'd consider the under here, too. I don't know if you guys noticed. This week, we, we talk about the overreaction reactions on the recap show. There's only two totals in the 50s this week. Every game is in the 40s and on the lower end of, you know, closer to 40 than 45. So this is one of the higher totals of the week. We have it at 44. And, I mean, that's a 24-20 final, maybe 24-17, somewhere in that neighborhood. I'd consider the under as well. Um, speaking of over and unders, the one total I really, really like this week is the over in that one, one of those few 50 games, Atlanta and Detroit. I see both of these teams being able to light it up against either defense. And I, I'm leaning towards Detroit in this game. 
I think it's going to be one of those games to where whoever has the last ball, whoever has the ball last wins. And but I see both teams scoring in the thirties. Somebody back me up. I think the Falcons absolutely whack the Lions. Ooh. It's uh, it's going to be closer to fourteen than three. Wow, we're, we're in a in a high scoring game, huh? Uh, no, I actually kind of think Atlanta's D kind of shows up, but I think the Falcons will score enough points that you're still going to be right around that number. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad play on the over at all. So you have no, at least at this point, Super Bowl hangover with this Falcons team. I mean, they played really good Sunday night against the Packers. And they look good. Yeah, I think they knew that they they played terrible in week one. And then they knew they had to raise their game up and they were opening their stadium. And as we mentioned, too, usually those games don't go well for the team opening the stadium. And and I I respect the fact that they didn't let it happen with, you know, Aaron Rodgers in town. Detroit's defensive line looked great on Monday night. Was that more a byproduct of them looking good or being good or the Giants – having turnstiles for tackles. <laughs> turnstiles for tackles, for sure. One game I want to throw out there really quick before I forget. We got Carolina at home against New Orleans, and this is the week that I think New Orleans is going to get their win. I, I'm, I want to take the Saints' money line. That's going to be my big dog money line take, uh, mostly because as good as the defense is for Carolina – they cannot score. Cam Newton does not look like the Cam Newton we've all known and loved. Got everybody and their grandma doing the dab. Um, his shoulder looked like it's bothering him. He's not having as much fun out there. And I think the Saints should be able to score enough points to win. Um, Somebody show me some love. <laughs> I, I Carolina's a very weird team to try to cap right now. Uh, Cam doesn't seem healthy. And, uh, they, you know, they just look awful and then the saints d looks like the same old saints d um but i i like the thinking i i think that if you're gonna play that game i feel like your value is in the saints in that spot because uh, they've at least shown uh for you know whatever it's been like a few quarters that they've still got a little bit of spark in that offense and they had to go up against the vikings on the road and then of course new england coming off a loss which is never fun so um i yeah if i'm riding with that i would i wouldn't hesitate to play the money line there if i was going to go that route Drew Brees, if he can put up, I'm thinking if he can put up at least 24 points, three three touchdowns and a field goal, that should be enough to win this game. Another game I just want to ask your guys' opinion on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at home against the Giants. We all know how bad the Giants' offensive has, has looked so far. This line opened up Philadelphia minus three and a half and gone all the way to Philadelphia minus six. Do you think this is Sharps and Public all on the same side? or Griff, I will say... Not only are Sharps, Public, Squares, everybody's on the Eagles this week. After Monday night and the Giants game and their inability to move the ball, get first downs, whatever you want to call it, there's not a person looking to bet the Giants with real money. It's not right. So I can't make an argument for the Giants, but if you're asking me is the line inflated, very inflated. This is a division game that has seen some crazy things happen. The line should be around the original line, three and a half, four. Now you're paying a premium if you want to go against the Giants and you're going to lay six. Sunday, this thing may be seven, in which case someone will come in and grab the seven. I'm all for taking the under. 
in these Giants games until they can prove otherwise if they can score the ball. I agree with you, though. It's one of those matchups to where it's a division rivalry, and I, I, the Giants have to show up at some point. So it's kind of making me feel like I'm not really willing to just to lay six for with Philadelphia just quite yet. But uh, that's a game I would love to just take under and um, see the defense see the defense play and watch that both defensive lines should be able to get to the quarterback in this game. Yeah, man, this is one of those games that the 0-2 team is dead and buried, according to everybody but them. So this is when <laughs> those teams come and battle. You know, no one believes that they're going to win a game except anyone in their locker room or organization. No one outside thinks that they can actually go to Philly and win this game. So you, you've seen teams with ba- their backs against the wall. Yeah, 0-2 is not the end of the world, but it, we all know the stat. 10% of the teams that start 0-2 are the only only 10% make the playoffs. So 0-2 is a kind of a big hole in the NFL. 0-3 is not a death sentence, but it's close. Exactly. And I'm going to go ahead and piggyback right off that and go to another one of my upset picks that I like this week. Chargers at home against Kansas City. They are getting three points. And like you said, they're 0-2. And as far as anyone else is concerned, if you go 0-3, you're done for the season. I think the Chargers are going to come out and play their asses off and try to get a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. You are – I mean, I gave out the Bears against the Steelers, and you're going to give out the Chargers <laughs> against your Chiefs? We are really doing some work here, son. I mean, I'm telling you. Forget about allegiances. We're talking numbers. We're talking giving out winners. And you're going to go with the Chargers. Listen, man, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. I don't want to get in front of this Chiefs team until they lose. So the play makes sense to me. I'll side with you. I'll ride with you because you are my boy, D. Griff. This line is getting blown up, too. It's going to be three and a half or four. I mean, we know we know what it takes to get off of the three in the NFL in games. So it's going to be a hard push for the books to get the three and a half. But I think if they do, those suitcases are going to grab the three and a half with the Chargers. I would just pose the question to you. Moving off of three, I mean, we're weighted three down here. We're Kansas City minus three, minus a quarter. I don't know how much more we can go before we just finally go to three and a half. How about you? Do you what, what is your opinion on the move here off of three? I, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, I feel like that we know that the public's coming with that money for the Chiefs. So... It's interesting that we're still at 20 at uh, Caesars. So, you know, I think they're maybe thinking there is some charger money out there, being that no one is at three and a half. Who do you like in that game? Ah, twist my arm. I'd have to go with the Chiefs with the way they're playing. I, they're, the way they run the ball, uh, defensively, they're fired up. And, uh, you know, the Chargers are just, they just, they're just snake bitten, man. They just can't win close games. I don't know what it is, but they just can't do it. Dude, I'll the Chargers, it's, it's, coming, it's coming out in L.A. Griff, you're out in L.A. You gave us the, the 411. They're talking about moving this team back to San Diego already. It's insane, man. I'm driving around L.A. right now, and I'm uh, listening to local sports talk radio, and a guy comes on, and he's talking about his NFL sources that he has, and he's saying that they're already talking about possibly moving the Chargers out of L.A. and maybe even back to San Diego. And I'm just – my mind just goes – Boom! Alan broke this story two weeks ago, and nobody knows about it. Like, I, I secretly think people are listening to our show and stealing our stuff. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it must be working. We're going to have to find that clip. If this story gains legs, 
We're going to have to find that clip, Griff. You're the best executive producer in the business. We're going to have to find <laughs> it and cue it up so so we can get the props for that one. Because that was one of those Allen Burke conspiracy theories that I just laughed at. And I've been <laughs> laughing at for the last six years. This one, you may have nailed it. I love it. Okay, jumping back really quick. We have New England minus 14 now over Houston. A lot of people think that should be an easy win. What do you guys think? Big number, man. Big, big number. But rookie quarterback starting on the road in New England. We all know what Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks, especially in New England. Let's eat some alive. Eat some alive. Eat some alive. We're not looking to take Houston in this one. Uh, we're looking to maybe have all my Patriots in in fantasy, try to get the game <laughs> over and – I'm not taking a position on the number either way. But if I would, Patriots for me are nothing. How about you, Al? Yeah, I agree. If I, I, I can't see a situation where with Houston's just mentality of how they're approaching these games right now, uh, that you can, you can possibly take 14 in this spot, knowing New England's already lost a game as well. Uh, looks looks like it's a it's a winner, um, but you know you, that's the kind of spread where you're sitting on you know 20, and then Deshaun Watson takes off and runs 45 yards with eight minutes left, and the Patriots run the clock out. Right. Al, what do you got like, your special consultant in the background? He likes the Patriots too. I was gonna say it sounds like he he's either I can't tell if he's agreeing with you or if he's upset throwing stuff around the house, man. <laughs> we just he just picked up a bat, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he likes that pick. All right, last game, Monday night football with Dallas and Arizona. I, I love Dallas to bounce back after this. All the heat that's been coming at the team. At They're saying Dak Prescott's a game manager now. They're saying Ezekiel Elliott isn't a competitor. Uh, I love Dallas to just go into Arizona and put flame to those guys. What do you guys think? I'm with you. I'm Make me... Number two, on the same train you're on, there's no way Dallas goes and loses this game the way they played in Denver. They're going to bounce back. No one looks as bad as they look when they're, when they're down like that, and no one looks as good. But one thing's for sure, Arizona's look the same. They miss David Johnson a lot offensively. Yeah, they do. And their, their lines on both sides of the ball – average at best i think dallas imposes their will so i'm with you i'm on dallas how about you al uh yeah i also brought this up uh on the the rj's uh video that uh i love dallas um traditionally dallas when they head to arizona the fans come with them and i think that with arizona being down uh as you said david johnson's such a key piece of this team of being good at all and um you know that I just don't see how they're going to consistently be able to bottle up that running game and the points that uh, Griff made about, you know, they, they, they got embarrassed last week and then the, everybody's talking trash about them and, and their, uh, you know, qualities and whatnot. So, yeah, love love the Cowboys. All right, really quick, just go through our picks. All right, we'll do a quick wrap-up special really quick. I just want to let you guys know who I like who to look out for. Uh, again, like I said earlier, I really, really like Wyoming. I think Wyoming's going to bounce back this week. I think they're going to put it to Hawaii and get themselves a really big win. Then we're going to shoot over to the pros. 
Um, one of my big upsets, I think the Saints, the Saints are going to win. Um, take the points or take a money line. I just don't think Carolina looks right on offense. I think the Saints are going to be able to score just enough points to get themselves their first win of the season. And lastly, another one of my upset specials, I'm going to take the LA Chargers money line at home over the Chiefs to try to avoid that dreaded 0-3 start. I'm going to shoot over to you, Big Dave. Who do you, who are going to be your picks? You want the people to make sure they look out for so I'm going to go with three picks. My first pick this week is Michigan State at home, live on the money line, but I recommend taking the three and a half or four points against Notre Dame. That's your Saturday night special. Then we're going to go with on Sunday. I think, you know, it, it pains me to do it, but I think the Bears plus seven and a half at home against the Steelers. That's a little personal, but the Bears are going to be competitive in that game. And then we're going to go Monday night. So we got a little action Saturday, a little action Sunday. And Monday night, I'm laying the three with Dallas. They're going to run Arizona out of the building. There's your three-teamer for me. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I like that diversification. All right, Alan, speak to the people. Appreciate All right. Tell me what you got. All right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna change it up a little bit from uh, the RJ picks just to give you guys a little different perspective. As you know, I did say I love, 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 love the Vikings getting points at home against Tampa. Uh, so far, that's probably my favorite play this season, uh, even more than I like the Raiders over the Jets. Um, then jumping around the board, uh, I think you can take the points with Jacksonville. I, I like the fact that they've made this London trip before. Uh, you know, again, back in Blake Bortles is always like you look at the ticket and you're like, good God, I did it again. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that, that that trip's not necessarily the easiest thing. And Jacksonville is undefeated in London, if I'm not mistaken. At least I know they've won the last two seasons, if, if that's off. Um, and then lastly, uh, let's go with the over in the Chiefs-Chargers game, 47 and a half. Uh, there is a 47 out there, if you can still get it. Um, that's that's my three of the week, I guess. Oh, that sneaky pick of the uh, Chargers over that opened up at forty five and a half, and now it's all the way up to forty seven and a half. I didn't see that coming, but I'm glad you got to shout that one out. Well, with that being said, that's all I have for you for the day. What about you guys? Anything else you want to throw in there? I'm going <laughs> to take that as a no. <laughs> so, with that being said, I just want to give a big shout out to. Gaming Today, our, our number one sponsor, they always take care of us. Um, they come out with new papers every Tuesday. Our big dog, Alan, has a piece in the paper every Tuesday called The Takeover. Always a must read. Um, also, be sure to stay in contact with us. Hit us up on our Twitter at Cash Considering. Let us know. We, we're trying to put up polls and try to put more content out on our Twitter for you guys to comment on. You can always get at me at D, uh, dgrip underscore cc or at ababerg.cc and then also check out what is it give give why don't you go ahead and give a shout out to your blog really quick so that oh it's a read. it's a blog that i write about life in general but um i'm a dad raising three daughters in las vegas and it provides much material i think a lot of people read it for laughs as well as sympathy as well as Man, thank God my house isn't the only one that's like this. So, uh, 
That's the Twitter account I have, but I got to join the 21st century and join you boys. I will have a Twitter account with my name on it, and we'll be able to communicate that way as well. But the blog is at bullshittersblog.com, and we just call it a blog about BS. So that's something else I appreciate the shout out. Well, you can clearly hear that Alan is relating, and I'm sure it's so many more of our listeners out there can relate. So... Uh, With that being said, coming to you remotely from Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and everywhere else in the world, this is Cash Considerations. And um, it'll be awesome. I'll edit that and it'll sound a lot better. (laughs) Hopefully, I don't don't know. (laughs) 